Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer, the host of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai, where we're going to talk about the Japanese concept of Ikigai or living a life of purpose. Here you're going to hear inspirational stories from all different types of people who are finding their own life of purpose. You're going to hear about how they found their Ikigai and what they do every day to live an integrated life. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai. I'm your host, Jennifer Shinkai, and with me today is the wonderful Steve Judge. Welcome, Steve. Thank you for being here. Early morning in the UK. It looks cold and grey out the back of your window, I can see here, so making me very homesick. Um <laughs> Steve and I were introduced on LinkedIn by a previous guest, Saudi Okada, and I should have researched properly to know what uh, episode that she was on, but I didn't because I figure that you can all Google that yourself or we'll put it in the show notes later. But Saori introduced us because uh, Steve has some very interesting things to talk about in terms of, you may see on YouTube, the Goen coin around his neck. Um, and as well the Japanese concept of kintsugi, which I don't know much about actually, and um, I, I know that it exists, but I've never thought of it as like a, a way to think about my life or to think about my challenges. Um, so I'm really interested to hear Steve's uh, perspective on that. So Steve is a professional speaker, author, and resilience coach, and he's going to tell us briefly a little bit about his story from um, runner to wheelchair um to his world championship and you can read about that in so much detail in his book don't lean on your excuses which as i always do with my guest i haven't fully read i've read bits of it and i enjoyed it very much so steve's gonna um dive in actually and first of all though a little bit of a sidetrack this is the first book which i've read that's given me a playlist to listen to uh, around each uh, chapter. So tell me a little bit, Steve, about your connection with music and your sense of ikigai. Uh, okay, thank you. Thank you, Jennifer, for having me on your, your podcast and for Sari for our introduction. Um, let's go straight in. And yeah, you've mentioned the book. The book is about my, my life, my autobiography, um, because it's an inspirational story, as I've been told and as I as I do as a professional speaker. And as a professional speaker, helping people, inspiring them, motivating them. And a lot of people said, Steve, it's an, it's an amazing story. Have you got a book? And I was like, I haven't got a book. And they said, you should write a book. And I said, yeah, but I can't write a book. They said, why can't you write a book? I said, I don't know. And I'm very much about setting goals and working towards them. So I, I set myself the goal of writing a book and I started writing a book and I realized I had no idea what I was really doing. Um, so then I reached out for help. And as I mentioned, these things, they're really important for when you're you're wanting to work towards any kind of a goal. You know, what do you want to do? Why do you want to do it? And, and who's going to help you on that journey? So I, I, I got a book coach and I, I read a few other books while I was writing my book. And what I learned was you can kind of do anything when you're writing your book. It's your book. There's no real rules that you have to follow. It's, it's a very creative process. And I love that. And I think running my own business, I've learned to be creative again. I think when you can get in a nine to five job, corporate job, you can kind of have to follow the rules and the systems. But running your own business, you don't have to. And writing your own book, you don't have to. So that brings me through to the music. And I thought, well, music's a massive part of my life. It's helped me in the highs and the lows. And I'd like to express um, that in my book. So I I got my, my playlist that have helped me and I wanted to put... You know the whole list in my book and my book coach says Steve there's a little too many songs there like you know hundreds of songs I said oh. okay <laughs> so try and minimize it down so I got it down to about 50 I think and there's still too many and I've got it down to the, the, the playlist that's at the front of the book and that's the the main the really important songs that have helped me through my life um I say through my journey not through my whole life that would be too many songs but my my journey really starts from 2002 when I had a near fatal car accident uh, and due to the extent of my injuries, now I was told that I may never walk again. So that's a low point and there were certain tunes that, that helped me on that part. But as the, the, the story progresses, you know, going through my, my rehabilitation, um, working out what I can do, you know, setting new goals. I needed 
more and more music to help me on that journey. And and I suddenly realised that there were certain tunes for every chapter of the book. So that's what the, the, the tunes are. And it doesn't mean that you have to play that music while reading that chapter. But, you know, why not if, if you want to or, or play it before you read the chapter to get kind of in my mindset as to... And, and the, the music is very mixed. And again, I realised that music, people's taste in music is very individual and you can't diss it or anything like that. It's their music. And, and that's it. I'm not saying that you should like it or love it. It's just my music. So there are some things like Eminem, there's ACDC, there's Chesney Hawks, there's even Bucks Fizz. I just saw it's Bucks Fizz mix. now. I was like, I've never seen Bucks Fizz and R.E.M. on the same playlist. <laughs> this is eclectic, man. I love it. Yeah, it's it's yes. really good. And like I said, there's loads of tunes that aren't there. So, um, yeah, it could have gone even crazier. But, but who cares? That's what helped me. And I think the whole point about an autobiography is that you're very authentic mm. you'll say what what made you low what made you cry what made you happy what made you smile so that people get to know you as the book progresses and music is a great way of doing that there's also in there I put some some poetry some bits that I'd written some bits that I've I love you know, reading um some diary entries you now again that's being you know very heart on sleeve quotes I love quotes inspirational quotes either from other people or ones that I've created myself so putting those throughout and photos oh my gosh you know photos I could go crazy on photos again my my book coach says Steve this is not a photo album you need to reduce the amount of photos so there's only about 50 in the, in, in in the book um but yeah I think that's really important as well so that people get a picture uh, I'm very much a visual person I know that not everybody is but I think mm -hmm. a lot of people can relate to to pictures and photos so yes throughout the book you've got you've got music you've got poetry you've got photos and then obviously lots of text it's a big book about 100,000 words um but I'm, I'm love it and I'm very proud of it and I'm so glad that you've started reading it and uh and hopefully you'll get some questions from it that you can ask me as we go through the podcast yes yes we can or well you'll have to invite you back when I finished it which, <laughs> yes. with my uh, reading habit which tends to be starting a lot of things and not finishing them it could be sometime you might have written another book about the next adventures of your life uh yeah. by then um but yeah maybe you can um share a little bit you know the the pocket cliff notes version as we were talking about um the cliff notes version of um your story your rehabilitation particularly because as we spoke last time, and as I'm I'm reading through the book now, you know, if we put Ikigai with uh, Dr. Akiro, Akihiro Hasegawa's version, uh, version, what am I saying? Definition of um, an individual's consciousness as a motivation to live. Um, I really feel that aligns with what you are talking about, um, at least in the early stages of the book, but then I think it might shift as you put some different goals in what sort of your new identity looks like. So could you talk to that point a little bit, Steve? Absolutely. And and apologies if I pronounce any of these these concepts in the wrong way. Ikikai. Is it Iki, Ikikai? Ikigai. Ikigai. Like an Ikigai. Like a, but it's not like oh, okay. a horrible Ikigai. guy. Ikigai. Ikigai. Um, you're, you're right. And it wasn't an, a concept that I was aware of. And as my life has progressed, I think it, it moulds into it very perfectly uh so mm -hmm. let me explain how that that comes and maybe there's another concept or another version maybe we could get some people commenting or writing or co communicating with us about the full circle I think uh, a lot of things in life are, are completing the circle and I think we get a lot of peace from that uh, from completing something from almost going back to where we started from a on a, a higher plane um but yeah I'm digressing so yes um my my childhood, I loved doing active things, being out and about, scouting. I loved getting the badges, fun, challenge, adventure, running. What running was my passion, my freedom. I love to be free and doing things and fun loving. Um, whizzing through my my childhood, you know, takes me to 2002 when I did have a near fatal car accident. My car skidded on the road. There was, there was water on the road. It's nobody's nobody's fault. Uh, my car bent in half. Both of my legs got crushed. So. When arriving at hospital, you know, and after the operation, they they told me that due to the extent of my injuries, I may never walk again. And mm. that's a pinnacle point in my life when it's like a fight or flight. I could have just rolled over in bed and, and said, OK, I guess I'll never walk again. Um, 
but the, there was something inside me that that was really angry with those comments and I guess that's the fight in a way and I was like you know you don't even know who I am um let you you've just saved my legs give me a chance what do I have to do so that I can stand again so that I can walk again let's bring it on like a red rag to a bull like a, a vendetta like something that made me angry and I think you need that you need that passion uh, that independence um to, to to push yourself forward so so that was like a turning point in my life and I think when I say a turning point I love this quote um I can't remember who it's by but it's um we all have two lives our second one starts when we realize we've only got one it's quite a deep comment in a way, but yeah, that was to me at that point. I realised I've only got one life. I better start living it. And I, I, first things first, I need to get my. I had to grow my leg back. You know, these were serious injuries. My my left knee had been ripped apart. Uh, my right leg had been partially amputated. Four inches of bone knocked out. So it was my my leg was four inches short. I had to grow my bone back using a cage, stretching my leg out, learning to stand, learning to walk. And that all took a year and a half, two years, you know, whizzing through the rehabilitation, lots of pain and torment and, and and setting goals and pushing myself and also making sure that I've got no regrets throughout all of this, this, this phase. I didn't, I was seeing the future self, my future self um, with what I had got left for my injuries. And I didn't want that future self to be disappointed in me saying, damn you Steve you know if you'd done more physio I wouldn't have what I've got I wanted my future self to say Steve I know you did as much as you could and, and this is what we've got so it's about living life with no regrets so let's fast forward to, to when the rehabilitation pretty much did stop um, I was standing again I was walking again however I did have disability and I then had to realize that it was about thinking about what I could do rather than what I couldn't do and so I could swim so I could cycle and eventually I got into this thing called power triathlon so that's triathlon for disabled people um so I was now competing against people with similar disabilities and that gave me com competition um and I think that's great I think competition is really something to push yourself forward and so I got into that swimming cycling and running I was running again after seven and a half years of it being stolen from me I was now running again and, and that was just an amazing feeling however there was a lot of pain that I, I suffered from the run. So I then the next day I had to swim. Then the day after that, I could only cycle. And the day after that, once the pain had subsided a bit, then I would I would run again because I, I love to run. So that takes me through into my next phase as an elite athlete, you know, representing Great Britain in the sport, becoming British champion, becoming a European champion, setting my goals all the time. I wanted to become a world champion. I worked hard working up to that. And eventually in 2011, Beijing, China, crossed the finish line to become a world champion in power triathlon. So yay, so, so another goal achieved. And I, I carried on for the next couple of years as an elite athlete. And this was you no, know, this was hard work. I was still juggling. I had a family with two kids. I was working in health and safety and construction. Um, but, you know, I was doing all of this because I was, I was seizing the opportunity, grabbing that moment uh, and living my life became world champion two times. And in, eventually in 2014, I retired from international competition. And it was very much, you know, what's next? And I always ask that, you know, what's what's next? You're doing really well, you've achieved, what's next? And so somebody asked me, you know, what, what are you going to do now? And I said, I, I'm going to be a, a motivational speaker. And they're like, wow, you know, how are you going to do that, Steve? And I said, I, I haven't got a clue. I had no idea how to be a motivational speaker. But I realized that if I wanted something enough, then I could make it happen. And why did I want to do it? Because I wanted, I guess, to complete that circle. I wanted to inspire, motivate people, empower people. I knew now what it's like to achieve, to have that accolade, whether it's to grow your leg, to stand again, to go through rehabilitation, become a world champion, to get that gold medal, to, to have all of that. I wanted that uh, to, to pass on to other people. Mm -hmm. So... Doing that on stage is great. So I started doing that as a professional speaker. Then I realized I was, you know, helping and inspiring, but you know, how could I do more? I said that's when I started writing the book to give more, more detail. And I think that's what I'm I'm on now. Um, Ikigai is is was what I'm I'm working towards, is to to pass it out to I feel that people need that. I feel that a lot of people aren't living their full life and and I know how I can help them. It's all in my head and I'm getting it out of my head and I'm writing a new book at the moment. And along with that will be a workshop. 
and I want to pass on to other people that they don't they don't need to just drift through life. They don't need to flatline through life. They can achieve the things that they really want. And I call that their gold. Their goal. Uh, so gold is an acronym for the goal, the opportunity, the love, and their dream. What is that thing that you really want? What is that thing that gets you excited? What is that thing that makes you smile and makes you happy? What is that thing that will get you out of bed at half five in the morning? What is your gold? And once you find out what your gold is, I know how you can achieve it. I've done it. I've done it a couple of times. I keep doing it. And it's about passing that information on to others. And by doing that so that other people can achieve their gold, the gold in their life, that get, that gives me such pleasure. And I think that's what my ikigai is, is by helping other people, inspiring and empowering them. And then everybody's happy. So that's my journey up to now. Uh, that's where I am. And you know, speaking on, on things like podcasts and doing newsletters and magazines, that's getting the message out there because I'm always asking myself, what more can I do? What more can I do? What more can I do? I think I got that probably from rehabilitation, but more so mm. as an elite athlete. If you want to be the champion of the world, you've got to be asking yourself every single time, what more can I do to win? What more can I do to be faster, more efficient, more power, more endurance? What more can I do? And I think that's the same in business. If you want to succeed, what more can I do? So asking myself that question all the time is exciting. And that's where the creativity comes as well. And I, and I love that. So that's my mission at the moment. And that's what I'm working towards. You know what? I love being the host of this podcast. It's so great to see people like light up when they talk about what it is that gets them out of bed in the morning and hearing um, all of the, that energy um, that surrounds when someone is like living in alignment, integrated with whatever, like whether it was your discussion of music earlier on, we, we heard it in there. And but then also about how you are giving back um, to others. And I, I wanted to just um, rephrase some of the things which kind of struck me from from what you shared then. Um, one about the uh, like make the angriness as a driver. Um, this has come up a lot in in different conversations recently. And just to sort of remind listeners, I think I've shared this in a podcast as well recently, that it's all right to be driven by that type of anger, that energy, uh, the fire um, can be a source of ikigai. It doesn't have to all be, you know, sweetness and light and rainbows and, you know, rose tinted glasses. It's, it's all right to have that energy um, as a driver, proving some someone wrong. Uh, competition you described right the competition the feeling of like beating the J mr jones or whoever <laughs> you know yeah. that's yeah. great taking them down just thinking of uh there's a coach there's a coach here in tokyo who does uh spartan races i won't share his name but uh he's a great guy um and he's always coming second in his age group and he's yeah. got like this one rival and i feel like um the day that he beats him then he's going to be saying, okay, now what more can I do? Because once yeah. you've sort of hit that, um, hit that target, and now I've, you know, that's gone. I've, I've beaten this person. That was what was getting me up. That was what was driving me. Now, oh, now I'm, now I've got the gold. Yeah. What more can I do? Right. We need to to find the next one. Um, and then yeah, just the oh, this was the other point I, I wrote down here. This I didn't want my future self to look back and de be disappointed in me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a really, really powerful driver to say, did I do it? What will I, what will I think of myself? Does that come up in any other areas of your life right now? Like this idea of future self? Yeah, I, I think all the time. It's a, a quote that I heard a couple of years ago with my business coach. He mentioned this quote and I loved it. And so much so that it's it's in the first, it's how my new book starts. So the quote goes, hell on earth is getting to the end of your days and meeting the person that you could have become. So hell on earth is getting to the end of your days and meeting the person that you could have become. Mm. So then the question is, do you get that or do you not get that? So my business coach said it to me and I thought about it. I said, I, I'm sorry, I don't get that. He says, what do you mean? I said, I, I don't understand when I get to the end of my days, the person that I could have become is the loser, the waste of space, the person that didn't get off their ass, that didn't do anything, that is almost a failure. 
that's not hell on earth. You know, I'll be gloating at them. I'll be, look at me. I'm getting to the end of my days. I'm exhausted because I've done so much. I've had, I've lived my life with no regrets. So therefore I don't get the quote. Now, some people, a lot of people, in fact, 80% of people do get the quote. They go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get to the end of my days and I'm going to regret all the things I haven't done. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you saying? You're, you're almost planning to have some regrets at the end of your days. Why are you doing that? And it's the 20, 80% uh, rule. So 80% of people will do that and 20% of people won't. And I'm one of the 20 percenters mm. that will be living their life with no regrets. And I want to convert or help the 80% to live their life to the full, to live their life with no regrets, to achieve the gold in their lives so that when they do get to the end of their days, they, you know, they meet the person they could have become and that person is the waste of space, not them lying in the bed. Um, so that's the quote that I, 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 I've, I've used in my book and that's the, the quote that I'm using every day as in what do I need to do? And I'm not saying I will achieve every single thing that I can possibly think of because you can't, you can't do everything in life. I use that quote a lot. You can't do everything in life, but mm. it's about, you know, making sure that you don't get to the end of the day and go, ah, oh, I've wasted another day or I should have done this or I should have done that. And it's asking yourself, you know, any regrets. When my head hits the pillow, I ask myself, you know, any regrets, Steve? And I go, well, uh, I didn't send that email and maybe I didn't do that that project that I was going to do. Uh, or maybe I didn't I didn't make the phone calls I was going to make because I, I spent a lot of time with my kids. Any regrets? No, no. Spending time with my kids is very important. So no regrets on that. So you can only answer the question yourself nobody else can do it for you mm. and sometimes the, the best days are when you head hits the pillow you go wow what a day no regrets I've blitzed it I've done so much and I've had some fun and relaxed as well and done some mindfulness that's good they're the best days and you should have more of them so it's about you know talking to yourself and then well what do I need to do to have more of those days because those days are really good and and if you can do a whole week of that a whole month of that how good would that be how good would your life be it's an ongoing thing I guess is one of those things of of working towards perfection. You know, some people say there's no such thing as perfection, um, but you can at least work towards it. And I think that's always very important about working towards these dreams, these plans, your goals. You know, I was always trying to become a world champion. That was that was my goal that I was working towards. And in 2011, I achieved it. In 2012, I achieved it. In 2013, I didn't achieve it. You know, crossing the finish line at the World Championships in London. I crossed the finish line in silver place, missed out by 30 seconds. The point is, as I crossed the finish line, my hands were aloft, a big smile on my face because I knew that I'd blitzed it. I'd done absolutely everything. I knew that I'd done with, you know, with the training, the nutrition, the mindfulness, the, the speed. The, I, I couldn't have done any more. And I, at that point, I, I learned, I worked out what success was. Success is about being the best that you can be. You can't ask for any, anything more. But only you know what that is. Only you know what the best that you can be is. You know when you're taking the foot off the pedal. You know when you're being a little bit lazy. Um, I'm not talking about resting, relaxing. That's very mm. important. I'm talking about being lazy. Yeah. Uh, so only you can answer that. Um, and only you know when you've been the best that you can be. So as long as you're the best that you can be when you're working towards your gold, then that's the important thing. This is your gold. This is the thing that you said you really wanted. This thing that makes you happy. This thing that you have a desire, you dream. So why would you not work towards it if that's the thing that you really want? So it's very important to know what that thing is. And that could be anything. It could be uh, health, fitness, sport, environment, love life. It could be money, finance, helping people. What is that thing that when you close your eyes, you get a lot of joy from and then work towards that? So, yes, you know, that that's what's very important to me, always knowing that and always making sure that when you get to the end of your days that you've got no regrets uh, and then, you know, you know the real concept of what hell on earth is. So I love that quote and I work towards that. Wonderful. I love that so much. And again, right, just your your energy is so infectious in a really, really beautiful way to um, hear that idea of yeah I, I say to my kids often you know do your best and have fun that's that's all you need to do did you do your best yep. did you have fun and I love what you say like we know don't we when we've like haven't really done my best because yeah, like, do. it doesn't matter like did I win was was I the best right no, no. it's not about was I the best in whatever comparisonitis 
uh, you know, maybe yeah. toxic environment uh, that comes up sometimes sometimes with competition for some people. Um, but actually, was I the best that I could be? We, we are all different, and it's yeah. we can't, we should not compare ourselves to others. Everybody's mm. different. I learned that when I went through my rehabilitation. My goal was to get back to normal. I wanted just to get back to normal. I wanted to be out of the wheelchair, away from the crutches, just walking again. After years of rehabilitation, I was very different to what I was before the accident. Um, with you know, walking with a limp, I had pain, I had lack of feeling, lack of movement, lack of sensitivity. I was very different. I couldn't have done any more, and that was it. And I suddenly realized that there is no such thing as normal. Um, this goal that I've been working towards, great, have a goal to push towards it, but it was unreachable. And so that's when I had to realize, or I realized that, you know, it's thinking about what I could do rather than what I couldn't do. And that's the message that I pass out. Stop comparing yourself to others, to your friends, to your family, to your colleagues, to celebrities. Everybody's different. And think about what you can do rather than what you can't do and work towards that. That's when I got into swimming. I, I parked running to one side. I got into swimming. I got into cycling. Okay, I did get running back, but nowhere near what I used to run before the accident. Both my legs have been crushed and they've got disability. I could never be as fast as what I was before. And now as, as time moves on, you know, I'm getting older and older. And so my, my PBs, when I was an elite athlete, oh my gosh, I was super fast. I will never be that fast again. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's about setting new goals and that's fine. And the goals for, for maybe running aren't about speed or, or the distance because they're not, you know, it's not plausible. So it might be how many runs can I do a week? If I can go out three times a week, that's a goal for me. And if I do that, that that's great. And I've achieved um, I, I do park run and, you know, that's really nice on a Saturday morning going down there. And they, they give a um, round of applause for people who've done lots of park runs, 5K yeah. runs. Somebody's done 25 a year. Somebody's done 50. You know, that's over a couple of years. But then they they clapped uh, Julie. Julie has volunteered 15 times. Round of applause for Julie. And I thought, do you know what? I've never volunteered. I've never volunteered for park run, for running, to helping people. Mm. Maybe that could be my goal for next year, to volunteer at least five times. So again, it's another different goal. There's lots of goals out there. Because a lot of people say, oh, I, I, I'm too old for goals or I don't have any goals. And you think, well, depends how you what you call a goal. So at the beginning of the, every year, I, I sit down with my kids. They're, they're 18, 15, and used to say, no, what are your goals for the next year? And they're like, dad, dad, you're always banging on about Stop what me. goals we want. <laughs> so like, oh. so I've, I've phrased it differently. And we sit down at the beginning of the year and I say, kids, what do you want to do next year? What do you want to do? You want to go on holiday? Do you want more picnics? Do you want to, you know, go to the cinema more? What do you want to do more? And and that to me, they, they will tell mm -hmm. me what they want. To me, I see those as goals. To them, it's just things they want to do. They want to have more sleepovers. They want to have more parties, more time with their friends. Okay, now I'm thinking, well, what do I need to do? Or what do we need to do to work towards that? It's still a goal. You still need help to get there. You still want to know why you're doing it. You still need a, a deadline or time. So it's very similar to a goal, but I just call it different things. So for people in my in my my talks and my workshops, people that say I haven't got goals, you say, well, you know, do you want to see your, your grandkids more? Do you want to retire early? Do you want a four-day week? Do you want to go on holiday more? Where do you want to go on holiday? All these little things... I see as goals, they just see as stuff that they want to do. Yeah. Fine, let's call it that's stuff that you want to do. Want to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting because people do get sort of hung up on those words of goal and yeah. purpose. And even like from the Venn diagram perspective of like, what's my ikigai? I have to have this, yes. this thing, right? Actually just, yeah, uh, you mentioned it before, like when you go to bed, like no regrets and you did the things you want to do and have more days where you have done more of the things that you wanted to do. And yeah. yeah, you're on to you're on to a winner, and then you know, rinse and repeat tomorrow. Um, yeah. The same thing. Um, something that you were saying around there about the idea of like back to normal really resonated in our you know pandemic time. Some people say it's post pandemic in Japan. We're all still masked up, um, and it was so great to come to the UK this summer with no masks. I loved it. Yeah. Goodness. Anyway, um, but the you know this people saying like getting back to normal. And I just taking away from what you said that it's never going to be like it was. No. We're changed. We've all changed. Yeah. Um, so it made me think what, what can people do? How can you use this 
different reality that we're in it's never going to be the same there's you know and I think you know some of the things in terms of um how society has changed how interactions have changed um how people think about what they want to do with their life has has changed as well so it just it just resonated with me on that very much it's it's a mindset thing isn't it Mm. it's about it's control of the controllables you can't always um you can't control what happens to you like the pandemic you can't control what happens to you but you can control how you react to what happens to you and that's a mindset thing um and it's it's like the wave of resilience you know you, you're gonna sulk at some point about what's happened change or, or atrocity or or traumatic experience you're gonna sulk and be be low about it but at some point you're gonna accept the situation and you're gonna move on and it's about how you do that. I talk about the wave of resilience and to go that base very quickly, you know, you go through the shock and the denial, you mm. will have the anger, you will have to share what you're going through, you will have rock bottom, where it could be depression, it could be sulking, yeah. it could be something really low. But after that, you will have to, to accept the situation. And how quickly you accept the situation depends on how good you've been at sharing it or being angry. And I mean, being angry you've got to be angry you've got to release about it if you just bury that anger so no I'm fine I'm fine let's just crack on you're, you're lying to yourself and that will catch up with you later <laughs> yeah how are you going to be angry are you going to do some sports are you going to do some gardening are you going to slam some doors or go into the middle of nowhere and scream your head off you've got to release that anger somehow otherwise it's just going to keep regurgitating um, but yeah, eventually mm. you, you will accept the situation that will start lifting you up because you'll have uh, serotonin release it'll help you think clearly you'll take some action taking action is great dopamine release make you feel good take more action that will lift you back up and, and away you go on a, on a new concept uh you've dealt with the change you accepted it it's a, a new normal some people call uh, still using the word normal but it's different it's a different situation but you've moved it you, you've accepted it so it's very much a mindset thing and about control of the controllables and that is usually you you can control how you see things and how you're going to deal with it so so crack on with it and do that Wonderful. Love it. Love it. Great. Control the uh, controllable. And what we can control is the next question, which I will be remiss if I don't ask, because this is what we said we were definitely going to talk about, which was, first of all, your Japan connection with your Goen, your five yen coin around your neck, which is how we originally got introduced by Saudi. So tell us a little about your your five yen, because that was why you wanted to be on this podcast. (laughs) Your Goen. as a professional speaker, I could I could talk for ages, so I will keep this as brief as possible. So let me go back to 1996, traveling around the world and ended up in Australia and the floods came down. I was, I was stuck in a place called Halls Creek near Darwin um, and stuck in this hostel with a Japanese guy called Taka. And over a couple of days, I helped Taka and his friend. I can't remember his friend's name, but Taka was there with a friend. I helped him speak a little bit of English over a couple of days. And after that, as a thank you gift, he gave me this coin. And he said, Steve, this is uh, a Goen. It's a five yen coin. And Goen stands for good karma. So this coin will bring you good luck, but only, only if you're aware of your vision and you seize opportunities. So I was like, okay, I get it. Um, be aware of my vision and seize opportunities. So I kept this face safe and I, I put it in the loft and I, I I almost forgot about it. However, I think it was always implanted in my head. So let's fast forward myself. Uh, that's 96. So yeah, about six years to when I had my car accident. Um, I was in a very low place. You know, I was at the bottom of the, the, the curve. Mm. I'd be angry. I'd done some sharing. I was in a low place. I needed to... F- something to help me focus on what I wanted to achieve not what I wanted to avoid but what I wanted to achieve and so I had a vision I drew a picture of myself standing again and walking again I had a vision of what I wanted and the opportunities that I grabbed were my rehabilitation listening to the surgeons the doctors the nurses the people that were helping my golden gang as I would call them and I was I had a vision and I was was seizing opportunities and that helped me to progress out of my rehabilitation now, I then, when I got home from hospital, I found this coin and I, I put some string through it and I put it around my neck. And I wore this from 2009, just before I did my first power triathlon. My first power triathlon, I had a vision of me crossing the finish line. 
And I did so. I uh, became British champion. And the opportunities for me to grab were to represent Great Britain. And I said, yeah, I would love to represent Great Britain. And I grabbed that opportunities. The, the opportunities around us all the time. you got to seize them. You've you got to hear them, smell them, uh, and, and do something with them. So I did that. And I set my vision to become world champion, grab the opportunities, achieve that. Now in my business, I have a, I have a vision board here. I draw pictures of, oh, let me just reach out. Uh, not going to be so great for the, the podcasters, but on YouTube, no, here we go. On YouTube, you <laughs> on have to YouTube. Maybe we can get a, is... a screenshot of this. We can share it. Oh my goodness, it's so cool. Tell us about this so This is my vision. Yeah, so this is my image. Uh, this is me on the global stage as a global speaker. I have my scout neck on because I'm still involved in scouting heavily. I have a samurai sword on my belt because I want to speak in Japan. Um, I'd love to get a samurai sword engraved in my main message, which is don't lean on your excuses. Um, around my neck, I still have the go-in. Uh, the, the stage that I'm stood on is being held up by my golden gang. You know, I can't do this alone. I need people to help me. Jennifer, you're you're part of that because you're spreading the word out in Japan. <laughs> um, around the world, I'm helping people, inspiring others and, and empowering people. I've got a, a workshop that's going out. On the stage, I've got three books uh, I've written one, which you have. The second one I'm writing at the moment, the third one, I have even no idea about that, but it's a vision. Uh, I've got a big house and cars and I've got stocks and shares that are doing well. I've got uh, a housing port property portfolio. This is my vision. And this coin reminds me every day to be aware of my vision and to seize those opportunities. Uh, and I think I talked about earlier about completing the circle. And I another reason why I want to come to Japan not just to share this story and the, the story about Kintsugi and Ikigai, Ikigai um, but to find that guy, to find Taka, who, who back in 1996 gave me this coin. Taka doesn't realise how, how much this coin has helped me through my life, whether it's saved my life through rehabilitation, helped me to become a champion of the world and now helped me to empower others. It's done a lot, this, this one little coin. So for me to find Taka, to thank him, uh, would be for me to complete the, the circle in a massive way. And so, yeah, to, to share that out, I, I've got a vision of speaking in Japan. I've got I've got brochures that have been made. Um, so these are, are very much about my journey and, and why there's connection with Japan. I've got that translated into Japanese so I can like uh, share that with people. But yeah, it's, it's putting it out there. And people say, well, you know, some people say, that's crazy. How are you going to find, you know, what's his surname? What's his other name? I said, I, I don't know. I'm really sorry. I only know him as Taka. He was in Australia in 1996. And other people say, Steve, do you know what? I think you're going to find him because you, you set big goals and you've achieved them. Mm. So this is a big goal. But with the help of social media uh, and everybody pulling together, I'm sure we can find him. So that's the story of the coin that I wear around my neck. It's very special to me. And it's helped me through a lot and continues to do so every day. Thing. I think we need to put onto that picture, you know, like you shaking hands with Taka. We need to uh, like uh, make that a bit strong, a little bit next level strength of, uh, of the no, meeting. I, I but agree. I'm pretty sure think, it's like it's yeah. so achievable. <laughs> I think it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, stranger things have happened and just like putting it out there. And as you said before, did I do everything? Like, was I the best that I could be? So I'm telling people in Japan, I'm coming on to this podcast. I'm do like, you're doing all the actions um, and being the type of person that this could, could come true for. Rather, if you go, he's probably, I'm never going to find him. How many tackers are yeah. there in Japan who've been to Australia in 1996? <laughs> but it just takes one person to be mm -hmm. like, I'm the other friend who his name yes. he's forgotten. That's me. <laughs> Why doesn't yeah. he remember me? And then, you know, contacting Taka and, and, and away you go. So I think you often hear of these mysterious stories, don't you, where people get connected, they haven't. Yeah. So why would it not happen for you? As you said, yeah. you have kind of. If, if I want who... it enough, which I do, then it's about asking myself, what more can I do to make that happen? Is yeah. it about doing a podcast, doing a brochure? connecting with people in Japan, connecting with people at Toyota City. I, I, I live in Derbyshire and Toyota City is here, mm. so that's a, a massive connection. Actually getting over to Japan, um, speaking in Japan, spreading the word in Japan. 
what, what more can I do? Making a video. I could make a video about uh, this, you know, what I want to do and I could share that out. I could get it translated, get it yeah. subtitled. Yeah. What more can I do? You're always mm. thinking about all the little things that you can do. And when you think you've, you've thought of everything, you're wrong. There's always something else. And that's when you need to ask other people, you know, what more can I do? What, what do you think else I can do? So, yeah, it's lovely. It's like a little project. Yeah, I love it. And it's that, um, but that whole mindset, right, to be the, the, the what more can I do? And what, do you know what I like about the way you talk about what more can I do is you don't have any sense that you're beating yourself up, that you're not enough. No. It's a very no. like expansive approach and more sort of curious curiosity and and what else is possible rather than oh why am I not hitting these targets kind of what more can I do do, do you see what I mean about the two different yeah energies? I do I've never really thought about it like that mm. it's it's an, it's kind of a nice way of thinking about it it's just, I think it's a very creative way of thinking about it um almost like a fun it's like a game I, th- I feel that life is like a game uh, the result I feel is to be happy so so that's what you're working towards so, so what makes you happy what more can you do to make you happy on that thing that project that that goal that you're working towards what more can I do um, and everybody's different for me sitting down and drawing that I drew that picture and I, I colored it in and it's going to go in my new book and uh, the publisher said Steve you know um, we want the, the the picture in the book but we need it brighter so I've had to be colouring that with felt-tip pens over the last couple of days. And it's been, and I was like, I don't really want to do that. I haven't got time for this. However, it was really important. So I sat down and I coloured it in. I spent hours and it was it was, it was lovely doing that. And right. that's what I needed to do because if it's bright, people can see it. And people can see it, then they can help me. It's what I needed to do to sit down and colour in a picture. Okay, then that's what I need to do. Great. I love that, to find the different find the different ways of the things that you want to do um and you also have like another uh japan connection because you're really interested in kinski uh which i don't have so much knowledge about but i'd love to hear uh your thoughts and and why the topic kind of resonates and appeals to you yes so kinski the the way i see it um for those who don't know is is like a, a for example a vessel gets broken like a vase and it's not necessarily broken it's just um unfixed at the time so you then fix it uh, and you generally use gold to fix it up so you can see the veins of gold that uh, you use the gold as glue to fix this vessel this vase back together and now look at it it's very unique there's nothing like it ever before and it almost looks beautiful uh in the gold is shining so that's the way of, of looking at it and I feel that there's a massive connection with that with my life as in my life was broken my leg was physically broken and I've I put it I patched it back together um and as my journey's pro- progressed you know I got the gold medal and now I talk about the gold in your life your goal your opportunity your love your dream and how you can patch your life back together and make it unique I am very different to what I was before the accident um because I, I've used that concept um fixing my life with gold and I feel that that's what I want to pass on to other people that they can fix their life or they can progress their life or or use you know this concept to to move forward with their life by using gold by finding out what it is that they really want to do uh and that will help them so I think there's a real connection there uh something that I'd like to expand more on as time goes on as I learn more about it but yeah I like the concept I love it beautiful and a way to use you know the we we drop plates and bowls all the time right so it is what it is yeah um, yeah it, it, so yeah, I think you know I've always thought about like things like that so I, I like cycling and I remember dropping my bike my brand new bike and scuffing it and it had a massive gash on it on the side you know rubbed all the paint off and I was really upset about it and I think my dad might have said no Steve you've you've just had character to it now <laughs> Your bike is now unique. It's got character. You you know that's your bike, and it's about it's again it's the mindset of how you look at things. Um, yeah, you you go through the angry and the sulking stage initially, but then you go, it is what it is. Yes, that's now my bike and that's my scarf and and what have you. This is my leg. You know, it's not a beautiful leg to look at, um, but it is what it is, and I'm just using it to to the best ability. 
uh consigi so you know using gold to to patch it and move it forward and make it unique in its own way wonderful and, and i love that you are also yeah spreading spreading that message um to other people as well so is there any questions which i haven't asked you that i should have asked you in our conversation today because the time has flown it has uh let me think i've used some quotes already my new book let me let me uh yeah my new let me tell you about my new book that's coming out in march Steve, uh, the, the tell book, me about yeah. your new book that's coming out in march there you go i've asked oh, the question now it's a very interesting <laughs> question jennifer you, you caught me on the hoof i wasn't really prepared for that um the, the book is called gold and it's five world champion ways to unlock the power of your potential to achieve your goal and it starts off with hell on earth is meeting the person at the end of your days um so it starts with that quote it's then got five chapters the five chapters you read the chapters it's got stories about my life at the end of each chapter is an exercise that you complete and by the end of the book you'll not only know what your goal is um but you know how to achieve it so chapter one is your golden vision you can imagine you know drawing a picture might be the exercise the next one is your, your golden soul <laughs> golden soul is your why um, your golden gear is very much what more can you do? What more can you do? What more can you do? The next chapter is your golden gang. You, you need who, who's going to be in your gang to help you get there. And the last chapter is your golden hour about setting a deadline, a line in the sand, benchmarking so you can actually work towards it. This might be a year, two years, maybe a five year plan. But let's put some 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 marks down there and work towards it. And the exercise will actually help you to do that. So I tell you what I'm really excited about is. My, my autobiography is very much a storybook and it's very inspiring, but this book is, actually helps people. And that's, again, completing the whole circle. This is what gives me fulfillment at the moment is by helping people to achieve the, the gold in their life. So by getting this book out, by people reading it, completing it, they will achieve. That makes me very happy. Along with this will be the workshop, the online workshop. So again, they can do that and they can achieve their goals and and suddenly everybody's achieving the goal in their life. And so that gives me great fulfillment. It's been a real project and I'm very excited about it coming out. At the moment, I'm just doing and designing the front cover. So that's how close I am for to, to completion on it. Wonderful. I really like the, the way that it's shifted again of this it's not just about telling my story. It's giving this very practical how-to. And I just think when we are in a world where more people are having a sense of ikigai every day, feel that life is worth living and they're glad to be here and happy to wake up and having more of those moments, if you call them the, the, the moments of their gold, um, what, a, what a great world that is in. Um, how wonderful it is to be surrounded by people who are taking those steps who are bettering themselves in a way which is meaningful to them um yeah i think it's one one of the things i'm just thinking about the golden gang um i'm thinking how important it is to have those people around you who are going to support those goals um yeah. are going to help you to find ways to make them happen um, yeah. yeah, it's really, really coming up as um, I'm thinking about community and, and um, yeah, what we can do for each other. Yeah. Um, and on the episode, which hasn't yet been released, but was uh, recorded, uh, Alison Mowbray shared, it will be out by the time this is out, but Alison Mowbray shared, you know, one of the, how important it is when someone tells you that, like, this is my goal, that you don't mm. say, really? No, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, that? just to be like tell me more about that steve sounds very and interesting that's finding the, yeah finding the right golden gang that will do that and yeah. and i've got that wrong i've told sometimes my family what my goals are and they go well that, that's crazy how would you do this how would you do that how did i'm like whoa 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 you're asking too many questions i asked my mastermind group and they just go wow steve that's brilliant that's fantastic i'm so excited for you and you think yeah i don't know how i'm going to achieve it because it's a crazy idea but i just love your positivity and that's now pushed me forward to working out how on earth i'm going to achieve it and that's all you need, somebody to say, that's a great idea, go for it. And I just yeah. love that. So finding the right people that will say that and support you. Awesome. And it seems like there are some good, um, you know, practical pieces of advice in this podcast, as well as in the upcoming book about the biggest question I get asked around Ikigai is like, well, how, how if I don't have a specific goal, you know, like how do I find it, um, what to do? And I think my big takeaway from our conversation today is, 
it's just stuff that you do and you want to do more of. So simple. Yeah, so yeah simple. whatever makes you happy, start with that. Yeah. And do you have any uh, final messages to give to listeners of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai? I think I'll just finish with my 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 favorite quote from a quote that my autobiography's book is named after. It, and it, it you know it's along the lines of next time somebody tells you that you can't do something, ask yourself whether that's true. Or next time you tell yourself that you can't do something, ask yourself whether that's true and whether or not you're leaning on excuses. And if you are leaning on excuses, then turn those excuses into challenges and work your way forward and, and make sure that you live your life with no regrets and that you're always the best that you can be. Because if you do all of that, I know that every single person listening to this podcast and watching it on YouTube will achieve their goals. And that's the most important thing. Yay! Wonderful, wonderful message. Thank you so much. And uh, we're going to have all of your socials in the show notes down below uh, so people can get in touch with you, can follow you, can find out more about the story. Um, but so apart from that, any other final words, Steve? No, it's been a pleasure uh, being on this podcast, but I look forward and I will meet up with you when I come to Japan to do some professional talks to, to around the country to, to meet Taka and to shake his hand and uh, to thank him. But yeah, I look forward to meeting up with you. We'll go out for a drink and a chat at Face to Face, which would be lovely. Yes, that sounds amazing. So Taka, if you know, anyone knows Taka, <laughs> please put him in touch with me or with Steve. All of his contact information, as I mentioned, is going to be in, are going to be in the show notes. Um, so let's make this dream come true. I think it will be amazing. What a wonderful story that will be when that happens. Can't wait. I can't wait. And I do very much look forward to seeing you in Japan and yes. wish you the best of luck with uh, finishing off the book. Maybe you can come back on and tell us about it when it's out. And I, by that, that point, I will have finished this. <laughs> yeah, no okay, leaning great. on excuses for me, no. Steve Judge. Uh, excellent. Good stuff. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you found something you could take away from the episode to help you find your own Ikigai and integrate it into your daily life. And I'd love to hear exactly what resonated with you. So pop over to see me on LinkedIn or on my Facebook page. You can find the links in the show notes below. And let me know what you thought was the most important takeaway from the podcast today. And sharing is caring. So feel free to share this episode with one of your friends who you think could benefit from hearing about living a life of purpose. Looking forward to see you on the next episode of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai.